It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you listening as we really do now enter the final sprint into Christmas. Um, I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm a best-selling author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. I want to introduce you to today's guest. So Julia Lowe is the founder of Farm Toys Online, an online-only business which does just what you think. It sells farm toys online. Uh, It's founded in 2008 and now turns over about half a million pounds per year. Hi, Julia. Hi there, Chloe. Um, I've just given our listeners a quick overview of you and your business and where you are at the moment, but how did you get started off in e-commerce? Well, um, I've always been quite entrepreneurial. And so before Farm Toys Online, I've set up a couple of businesses, including a web design one. Uh, And then before marrying and moving to the West Country, I also helped run my um, parents' educational farm for kids, which is in Surrey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So then then I moved to Somerset and had three children and decided to sell the website business. And thought, okay, I'm going to start a simple online business uh, that I can fit around the kids and see what happens. So I basically wanted to combine my e-commerce knowledge, my love of farming and my experiences as a mum. And so Farm Toys Online began. It's a pretty good union of those three things really, isn't it? <laughs> it is, exactly. And it just turned out that it was it was very niche. Nobody else had thought of the idea at the time. Which I, I find quite crazy because having coming from a rural background myself, I'm down in Cornwall and, you know, as a, as a kid going to the Royal Cornwall Show every year and watching my brothers just get somewhat obsessed over the stalls that only sell farm toys because you, you go to any agricultural show and there's lots of stall holders with acres of farm toys, but how none of them have put it online, I find quite, quite unbelievable, really. No, absolutely. And we, we were lucky we just got in first. Excellent. Well, let's take a look at how the business is at the moment. So you said you're in Somerset. Are you selling exclusively to the UK or are you you on a global plan? Our main, uh, our main focus is the UK, but we do actually uh, send stuff all over the world, uh, quite a lot to Australia and New Zealand, um, Eastern Europe, in fact, all of Europe. Uh, the only place we can't sell is North America because our insurers won't let us because of their litigation laws. Really? So because it's kids' toys? Because it's toys, exactly. Wow. Well, at least that means, you know, you can just forget about America and concentrate on other areas, I suppose. Exactly, exactly. There's plenty of the world left. Sorry, North America, but there's plenty other places to sell. And it is quite nice, actually, when someone goes, you can't do that. Okay, cool. Brilliant. (laughs) I could just, just lop that bit of the plan off and we'll just focus on what we can do. Exactly, yep. Very nice. And the the products... You know, what's Farm Toys Online covers a world of different different things. So what what's kind of the product mix you've got going on there? Is it from teeny tiny things to huge sit on objects? Absolutely. Or? It's from from little key rings up to ride on toys. Um, and uh, we probably offer the biggest range of farm toys anywhere on the Internet. So we do um, tractors and trailers um, and to horses and hoodies, you know, all sorts for both uh, farm crazy girls and boys and the horse mad 
children as well. And it's all under one roof. So basically, that's our USP. Um, no one else has that breadth of range that we do. Um, and we try to strike a balance with the actual products uh, to make sure that they're realistic, but they can be played with. So they're not the models that the collectors collect, yeah. which tend to be pricey and quite fragile. Um, and uh, we don't only work with the well-known brands, like I don't know if you know the toy brands, but there's Britons and Bruder and um, Siku, Brea, but also smaller British ones like Brushwood Toys, which is run by a lovely farmer in Devon, um, and Tracted Head, who was founded by a chap that my husband was at Agricultural College with. So, you know, we have a complete mix, but all within that farm theme. So basically, I guess, you you know, you look at products, you go, would a farm slash horse crazy kid like this and be allowed to play with it? <laughs> and then it's like, would my children have liked playing with it? Yes or no? Really simple. It's a, it's a great way when you've got that clear of an idea of who your customer is, or I suppose it's the parents who are buying it, but who the user of that product is. It makes the product selection very, very straightforward, doesn't it? Absolutely. And we have tried sort of um, going out sideways slightly into more wildlife and that sort of thing, but it just doesn't work for us. It's Our core is that farm toys and that is what works for us. Excellent. And you're selling on what sort of sort of website platform are you on? With your background, I'm guessing this, this was a fairly straightforward choice for you? It was a very straightforward choice. It's actually, uh, it's designed and built by the company that um, I used to own. Um, and so it's on a bespoke platform, which works great for us at the moment, but it isn't open source. Okay. And do you sell on eBay, Amazon, etc., or are you just sticking to your own site? We do. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with them. Um, Amazon, Many people I, do. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Amazon really bugs me because every time I sell something on there, they make more money than I do. Um, and uh, so we we have a limited amount on there. Um, but I use them a lot to get rid of stock that we no longer uh, need or isn't selling or something like that. So we can get rid of products. We can always sell stuff that won't sell on our website. We'll sell through Amazon or eBay. So we really use it as, as that sort of thing rather than it's a main part of our business. So a great way of just clearing out the dead stock and getting the cash back in. Yeah, and that makes me feel better that they're getting the rubbish. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not so so bad if it's, you know, you're not giving them your best sellers, you're giving them exactly. the products that you just need out of the warehouse. No, absolutely. Cool. Um, so are there any widgets or plugins you've put into your bespoke site? So merchandising or review platforms? Well, we do have... Um, we have uh, a review. Um, yeah, the website allows customers to review the products and service, so that definitely helps drive uh, drive uh, word of mouth and helps with the SEO. And is that your own review system, or have you bought one in? We've used both. Actually, we use Trustpilot, mm -hmm. and we use our own for our products as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm coming across increasing numbers of businesses who are using, if they've got their own review system that's working, they're then bolting in a Trustpilot-like solution just to give that independent point of view. Yeah, and because of, uh, Google likes it. That oh, yeah, it's, it's one of the ones that's integrated with the search results and everything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which um, I heard a case study the other day of a business who'd integrated the 
the review scores with their Google Shopping campaigns, and it had a scary impact on um, on traffic and sales. Um, wow. I can't remember what the exact numbers are because it's one of those case studies that the details of which are kind of closely guarded. So I'll I'll stop talking about it now before I give away something I shouldn't. <laughs> but um, but it is fairly good good practice to make sure you've got reviews integrated with Google AdWords if you've got them because it will improve those results. And let's face it, with Google AdWords, we need to improve our results every which way we can. Um, Absolutely. So uh, what's the what's the team like, Julia? How many of you are there? Uh, we're a team of six um, all year round. We have more at Christmas mm-hmm. um, when we when we go quite mad, obviously. Um, and we mostly manage everything in house except. Uh, for our Google AdWords management and the website maintenance and design, which are outsourced. So the really specialised stuff you've you've got the experts on board to help you with. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I'm guessing from the fact your your team goes up at Christmas uh, that you're doing your own pick pack. Are you also doing your own customer service? Yes, we are. Uh, yeah, we do both our customer service and our pick and pack. And uh yeah at christmas it goes crazy we do something like 60 percent of our business in the six weeks before christmas wow that's pretty intense yes. then probably mainly in the three christmas actually. yeah so yeah anybody anybody who happens to be walking past is drawn in to help <laughs> and have you ever considered outsourcing that the pick and pack or the customer service either uh Pick and pack, no, I haven't. Uh, I think it's better for us to do it ourselves financially. Um, And the customer service, I would love to. It's something that is quite specialist. You have to be quite a patient person. Uh, But it's quite tricky to do, to outsource to somebody who actually knows your product and then will be really good with your customers and and please them and we have a fantastic chap in-house who's very good at at remaining calm and just being lovely to all our customers yeah it's um it's one of those there's once you've got it working outsourced it's amazing but there's quite a lot of teething problems and an awful lot of time and effort in briefing and training to get you there so yeah if it's not broke it's it's quite often worth leaving it and I Back um, back many years ago, my cousin was um, was uh, customer services for Letterbox, the oh, yeah. the, the toy company, and um, yeah, some of the stories of the customers at Christmas. There, I, I don't think there's a there's a worse customer to have on the phone than a parent who doesn't think the kids' Christmas gifts are going to arrive. Oh, I think that's I, I, probably the worst. It, you're absolutely right. And you sort of say, well, why didn't you order them more than a day before Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. important. Yeah. It's but, that important, but it's, it's all have... our fault somehow. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And we still have to be lovely and, you know, try and sort it out for them, obviously. Obviously. But, uh, yeah, it does, it does get quite uh, exciting before Christmas. <laughs> so out of all of that about how your business is at the moment, what, what do you think is the most awesome thing about it at the moment? Ooh, uh, basically, the range of toys, of farm toys that we've sold has consistently been awesome uh, ever since we started. So right now we're looking at other ways that we can add value. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so things that will persuade customers to keep buying from us instead of the bigger players like Amazon. Um, so definitely what's making our business great right now is the added value stuff we're working on to set us apart, like our birthday club, where members get access to farm-themed birthday party ideas and our own free um, printable farm-themed kids' party invites and then the birthday wishes from Farmer Freddie on the big day. Excellent. How long have you, you been putting that together for? How long has that it's been actually, it's actually something that's quite new. Um, it, it's quite tricky sometimes. You have data, but knowing what to do with it is is yeah. hard to do, as I'm sure you all know. Uh, so it's just over time we've been trying to work out the best ways of, of, of dealing with the data. And this is one of the things that we feel uh, we can really add value to our customers without a huge cost to ourselves. So I guess you're getting... If you don't mind diving into this, that is, I guess you're you're getting um your your parents, the customers themselves, to to sign up with the dates of birth of their children. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly that. And then the the carrot for doing that is is that they're going to get this great stuff um, around the time of the birthday to help them plan the party and all the rest of it. But I'm. I would guess the other thing for you is it means that if you know a birthday's coming up, you can do slightly different marketing to that person in the run-up to it. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Like any of the party companies themselves. Excellent. And it's working well for you? Uh, it's very early days at the minute. It's something we're just launching, really. So uh, we're yet to see the results. So it'll be, it'll be, let's see how it goes in 2017 after we've captured all that data over Christmas, I guess. Yeah, Absolutely. Excellent. And um, you, you said about how important it is to put that added value. I, first of all, I just want to clarify that's partly because all your products people could buy from somewhere else. Uh, yes, we are really just a shop. But what our USP is that you can really have whole sets from us, but they don't all have to be from one supplier. So if you go to Amazon, people tend to buy one product at a time. Mm-hmm. So buying a whole farm is really quite hard. Um and so with us, we just try to make that whole thing simple for you. Cool. And um, are there any other value-added bits you've got live already? Or is it kind of a bit of a work in progress at the moment? Uh, it's always a work in progress. Everything is a work in progress. Um, so, yeah, I, I, um, as we say, ha- having set, we have put together sets of mixed products, uh, mixed brands rather, um already so that sort of thing just to make it all simpler we're always looking at the website to to make make it simpler for people to shop which i think is always the the hard bit and trying to think in the mind of somebody who comes to the website for the first time and sees all these products and thinks ah where do i start yeah so that's one of the things we're always trying to make as simple as possible i thought that was um it, it, you know, you said about the fact you've been putting sets together for people of different brands to create those farms. It's kind of a one stop. Here's the farm. Pay your money. You get the whole thing. I think that that, that bundling idea is something that a lot of e-commerce businesses miss out on. And it's such a good way to both increase your average order value and help those customers who are going, I've, I've never set foot on grass Um, but my nephew's obsessed. What do I get him? (laughs) Exactly. And and who's to know, you know, if you don't come from a farming background, who knows that you need a a baler and a bale wrapper and 
you know, whatever else it is. Yeah, and, and, um, you, and you really don't don't want to be schooled in that by the toddler, do you? <laughs> Absolutely, they know far more than we do. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so what's on the radar on the to do list at the moment? And I should say to the to the audience, we're recording this in the summer, but you'll be listening to it in November. So, um, so <laughs> this may this you may be thinking, why on earth is she working on that now? Well, she isn't working on that as you're listening to it. This was recorded back in July. So, uh, so Julia, what's what's on your radar? <laughs> Well, as I say, we're grouping the products together into collections. Uh, so actually, as well as the bundles, we're doing brand collections as well. So that if you want a particular brand and a particular type, so if you want Schleich Horse World, you know, we're putting that all together so you can shop for a full range. Um, but as we've got over 3,000 products on the website, there's quite a lot to do there. Mm. Um, and we're also looking at ways to bring Farmer Freddy who's our brand character to life through merchandise like uh, T-shirts and uh, lunch bags and more free printable downloads. Oh, excellent. So um, so creating some of those exclusive products to build the brand awareness and everything else. Absolutely. And it's something we've always thought, thought about doing, but I've always had a fear of China. Uh, but it's so much easier to do in the UK now that it's something that we can really get our teeth into, I think. It's it's amazing how things have come on in the last kind of four or five years on that front. You know, you can now find a lot of great suppliers in the UK. So uh, so the so getting into that feels a lot less scary. Yeah, totally. Um, at, you know, I'd, I'd love to a support British manufacturing, uh, but b you know that makes the timeline so much shorter. You can have smaller amounts and all, all you know really good things that have come through uh, development over the years. But actually, there's there's a possibly a slight brand issue around it as well, isn't there? It's like if you're, I'm guessing, quite a lot of your customers are British farmers. Um, yeah. In which case, they're they're going to think a lot more of you if it's a British t-shirt than if it's a Chinese t-shirt. Absolutely, I, I'd like to think so, and that's something that we'll certainly push. As you say, it's that whole farming link. We're really behind the whole buy British um, when it comes to food and everything. So I really feel that it should extend beyond that when, when it can and buy as many British products as possible. Not that there's a huge amount of toys made in the UK. No, it's it's strange that, isn't it? Because I think traditionally, back in the day, we were quite important in the toy industry, but not so much. Anymore. Yes, and I think, I think that's all shipped to China, whereas actually the Germans have kept their, um, their manufacturing. We get some fantastic toys out of Germany. Oh, excellent. There's a, there's some extra extra bonus information on product sourcing there. Sorry, everybody. I should keep this more e-commerce, <laughs> but I was just finding that quite interesting. Um, <laughs> so, as well as kind of the product side of things, have you got any marketing, mar- clever marketing things on the on the horizon? Ooh, uh, anything new you've been testing out? Well, actually, because we are a small company, there are so many bits to the whole marketing. Uh, thing that we have to try each little bit at a time. We, um, so, you know, we've obviously been doing social media like, uh, everybody else has been. And we've been trying our e com, uh, sorry, our email mark. We've always done email marketing, but we're making it a lot, lot more, um, specific for each customer. So we use some quite clever software there, which just makes it much more targeted. Um, so that's that's the way we're looking at the minute. But we're always looking for new ideas. 
So uh, are you happy to name the software you're using for the email? Because I know there'll be people going, ooh, I wonder what that is. Yeah, yeah we use something called Email Centre. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, know them. And um, when you say you're making it more segmented, are we talking kind of the automated segmentation of, oh, they've got a birthday coming up that will trigger this campaign and here's a welcome sequence and here's a repeat purchase sequence or is it kind of your broadcast that you're segmenting? Uh, actually both, everything. Ah. We're trying to segment as much as possible but it is very, very time-consuming setting it yeah. all up. But ideally I'd like to, you know, we get a new green trailer in, I'd like to then email everybody who's bought the green tractor to go with that. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, without annoying all the people who just buy horses um, by saying we've got a green trailer, which they're not in the least bit interested in. Yes, it's the it's the endless challenge, isn't it? Trying to get the right product to the right person at the right time. Absolutely. And without them getting bored of our emails and clicking, you know, unsubscribe. Yes, you can see that with the horse person. Oh, it's another horse. It's, yes. It's another horse. Great. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a horse box. Exciting. <laughs> No, the horse people like another horse. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's true. Actually, isn't it? I I picked oh, the wrong. <laughs> I picked the wrong segment there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, well, I think it's time we go to the top tips round now, and I love this section because it gives all of us some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Now, Julia, are you happy to dive into the top tips? Yeah, go go for it. Marvelous. So, first up is the book top tip. If everybody listening to this podcast took Friday off to read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, years ago, I read something called The E-Myth, which I think has actually been written since. Bizarrely, actually, the chap who wrote it went bust and then rewrote the, uh, rewrote the book. Uh, but it was basically how to make your business as simple as possible so that anyone could step into any role which isn't exactly possible, especially things like marketing, which are moving so often. But in the more basic roles and how things happen in the warehouse and whatever, it just makes everything, so you write it all down exactly how everything's done so everybody does it in the same way. And it just simplifies your whole business. It is a marvellous book. And I'd often, you know, it's almost the book which I'd say to somebody who's thinking of wanting to grow their business, right, you need to read this. I know you're not having a business that makes pies, which is the, the key example in the book, but read that to get your head around what it's going to take. Absolutely. In fact, the, one I, the first one I read, it was all about McDonald's and how it was the perfect franchise. Ah. Um, and you, you can take all sorts from that. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, an excellent book. Okay, so next, the traffic top tip. Oh, then. hang on. I've got another book as well. Oh, have you? Oh, please yeah. do. What's the other book? Fish. Have you ever read Fish? Who's it's, that one by? Oh, I can't remember who it is, but if you Google fish, it will come up. Mm. And it's about boosting morale in a company by not always being serious all the time. And one of the examples they use is about fish merchants who they end up actually throwing fish around to each other in order to lighten the thing, but still taking your business seriously, but not being serious all the time. And I just love that whole morale bit. Two fantastic examples there. Are we, have you got a third or can we, are we no, no, okay to go for traffic? <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, so the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Oh, I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket. Uh, so we have to get the right mix. 
So uh, we have to get that mix of online advertising, such as Google AdWords, Bing, search engine optimization, customer database marketing, PR, and social media. But if I had to pick one, it's got to be Google. It's the reliable one, isn't it? It's the one that you pay your money, you know you're going to get your traffic. It's out there, absolutely. Okay, so the tool top tip. This might be a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Oh, yes. We've got a very good team collaboration tool called Chocolate Brownies. Chocolate Brownies? Oh, uh, yeah. So our team is quite spread out. We um, Quite a few of us work from home. and So we rely mainly on email and Skype and everything to keep in touch. But if we can actually have get-togethers in person, we find that actually keeps us much more efficient and everybody um, you know, on the same page. So no amount of tech can beat us all gathering in one room with chocolate brownies. Oh, I love that. So it's, it's literally chocolate brownie sessions, essentially. Absolutely. It's got to be the chocolate brownies. So true. I've managed a team who are 250-odd miles away from me for a while, and it is essential to have just some normal time with them that's not yeah. quick how do we do this oh my god what's going on there ah <laughs> but just I some i find you can actually get quite annoyed with people and what they're doing and things they're just doing it wrong or what what do they think they're doing or whatever and actually when you speak to them there's a really good reason why it's being done like that and you've just got to talk about it very true and just just remember that, that they're humans as well so spend some human time together yeah exactly absolutely right the children need to learn that with social media really Oh, that's that's not that's a whole other series of podcasts. Yeah, let's get on there. <laughs> yeah, let's leave that one well away. Uh, okay, so the startup top tip: If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? I would say work out how you're going to market it before you start, and how you're going to stand out from the crowd. So when I when I first set up my website in two thousand and eight. Uh, there were very few online companies in comparison to now. And most people, including myself, just put up a website and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and amazingly, it worked. But uh, now it's such a complex world. There's so much to think about with social media, online, offline, email, mobile. You know, the list goes on and on. So I think you have to have a really good plan about how you're actually going to launch that website and how people are going to find you. I completely agree with you. It, it amazes me how many people still are just putting it up and hoping something happens. You're like, really? There's 20 <laughs> other people doing what you did. Exactly. And I mean, I've seen the statistics lately of um, how many websites there were. Uh, and it's sort of, you know, you, you, can, you can hardly see on the graph um, the number when I started up. Mm. And it still took three weeks to get my first order by just putting it up there. And yeah. so that's just not going to happen at all these days. You've got to be ready to market it. I think it, it, it's almost not the one person with the best product. It's the person with the best marketing strategy, which for me encompasses customer service, branding and everything else who are going to be the winners. Absolutely. And you've got to have a really good website. It's got to look professional. It's got to look the part. There's so many out there that you just think, no, surely not. 
Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree with you on that one. Uh, right, so Ross Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 75. That's number seven and number five. Julia, before we say goodbye, though, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media so they can get in gear and sort out all those farm Christmas gifts? Oh, definitely. You will find us on farmtoysonline.co.uk. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and we've just set up some Pinterest boards. So you can go and have a look at those too. Excellent. Well, we'll put links to all of those and everything else we talked about in the show notes. So Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 75, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Julia, thank you so much for being on the show today and for being so generous, sharing all your experience with us. No problem. Thank you very much for having me, Chloe. Great to catch up with Julia there and explore how she's built that niche uh, e-commerce site, selling those products that are so focused on on the farm toy market, and how by having all the products she's been able all the products available, she's been able to build that business whilst also now being able to get into adding those value adds and building a stronger brand to keep customers coming back again and again and again. So. As one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying the e-commerce master plan podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends, whether that's on Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, over a coffee, over some chocolate brownies. I don't mind. Um, we just want to make sure as many as people as possible are getting hold of this great content to help them realize their e-commerce dreams. Have a great week, everybody, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.